What's going on, everybody? I'm Dylan Patemri, and welcome back to another episode of Top Shelf. This season is just about over, and we finally know what four teams are going to be in from every division. However, we do not know exactly what teams are playing in every division and like who's playing who, but we'll discuss the playoffs and t- take a look back at my uh, beginning season predictions. If you remember in episode two, I predicted um, the standings for each and every division. Um, yeah, so we'll see how bad I did there. Um, but enough about that. Let's just hop right on in to another episode of Top Shelf. Alrighty, so the playoffs are just around the corner with the first game already being scheduled for this Saturday, May 15th. Obviously, other ones will also be scheduled for that day. Now, originally, I wanted to see each matchup and dive into my uh, predictions of who will make it out in each uh, matchup. The one problem is, as of right now, the West Division is still had yet to be completely decided of where the top four teams are going to rank. Now, as it currently stands, it goes Golden Knights, Avalanche, Wild, and Blues. The Blues are locked into that fourth spot, but they are the only team. The other three, uh, two, te- uh, excuse me, the other three teams played today. Um, and shifts that could happen is if the Abs could actually jump up to the first spot and drop the Golden Knights to the second, or the Wild could jump up to the second spot and Avalanche could drop down to the third. Now, if that second scenario happened, the only difference would be a home ice advantage. The two teams would still play each other. Um, but in the first scenario, it would require the Golden Knights to either lose in regulation or overtime, putting uh, the abs within three or two points. And then depending on those three or two points, they would either have to um, win both games or they would just have to win one game or they'd have to win a game and get an overtime loss. Basically, just with because they have two remaining games in the or in the Golden Knights only have one remaining game. So they'd have to overtake them there. Um, as far as the second scenario, the Wild are back three points behind the Avs and both have two games up, meaning the Avs would have to lose both of their games and the Wild would have to win both of their games. Um, for the purpose of this, I'm going to assume that how they are now is pretty much how it's going to be set in stone. Um, the Golden Knights do play the Sharks tonight, I believe. Um, yeah, they play the Sharks tonight and... I think that they'll win against the Sharks, I would hope. Um, I know that they're going to know that there's playoff implications here, and I think the Golden Knights will get the two points out of it. And then the other one is kind of just home rank advantage, which it makes a difference, but I I think that's way less likely than the Avs jumping up if the Golden Knights do actually lose. Um, So um we're gonna dive right in to um my preseason predictions and we are going to start with the west so in my predictions i had the standings going the avalanche golden knights blues wild coyotes sharks ducks and then kings finishing last there now the only team that um i got wrong uh, or excuse me, the only team that I got right in this, I got everyone else wrong, was the Coyotes in the fifth spot. Um, but I did, I didn't really miss too much. I just kind of jumbled up that top four. Like if you switch um, the, if you switch the number one and number two seed, and you switch the number three and number four seed, then I got it right, and I kind of jumbled up that bottom three as well. 
Um, I think overall, I was pretty good prediction. I, I don't know, I got the four playoff teams, right? That's all that really matters. Um, but next, we're going to move on to the Central. Um, I predicted it would go Lightning, Hurricanes, Stars, Blue Jackets, Predators, Panthers, Blackhawks, and Red Wings. Now, mine were completely off here. I got no teams right. The Hurricanes ended up grabbing the first when I thought they would nab second. I guess I could have seen the Canes coming in first, though I really thought the Lightning were going to do that. The Panthers really surprised me, and they came out of nowhere and had a phenomenal season. Obviously, the Blue Jackets were the opposite, having a horrific season. Uh, Dubrow was traded. Tortorella not really able to get his players um, motivated. And finally, the Dallas Stars, who made the Stanley Cup playoffs and missed out and a big reason why was they were missing Tyler Sagan almost the entire season. He just came back for the last couple games. They are knocked out. The Predators are making it in. Um, the Central was much more of a fight um, than I thought it was going to be. Um, the Preds seemed to be lacking a goalie in Rene, but you saw UC Saros stepped up, and they ended up squeaking into the playoffs. So next up, we have the East. In my preseason predictions, I had it going Flyers, Capitals, Bruins, Penguins, Islanders, Rangers, Sabres, Devils. Now, honestly, I don't think I did too bad here. I managed to actually get second and third place, the only one where I got two right. Um, however, the Flyers completely underperformed to my expectations after seeing them last season in the bubble. They were undoubtedly one of the best teams and one of the most energized teams I really thought that would carry over into the season and that they would take that leap and Carter Hart would have a great season I, I thought that he might have taken a leap to being a top five goalie but obviously not everything can go according to plan the Penguins do end up taking that first spot instead of the fourth which I predicted them to after an amazing late season push where it looked like they could have at one point even fallen out of the playoffs um the Islanders were my bubble team because I had my uh, top, I had like top five. Um, they were the fifth place team that I had out of those four teams not making it. Obviously, that's the Flyers now. Um, I just couldn't pick who would fall out, but they didn't make it very, they were actually very good. Like they were doing much better than what I expected them to be. They were in first place for quite a while, dropped down to fourth seed, um, kind of got hit with the injury bug and lost captains Anders Lee. Um, swap the bomb too between the Devils and the Sabres. I was close, uh, putting those Sabres in last because I did not think Hall and Eichel would carry the team. And I was just a bit hesitant though to put them in last. Anyway, from the beginning, I knew they would not be close to a playoff team. And I don't know why anyone thought that the Sabres could make the playoffs, especially in the East, which was one of the most competitive divisions. The Rangers did come knocking, but ultimately made uh, their push too late. But I like them for next season. Um, and if they were in any other division, honestly, they probably would have made it in as the fourth seed. It was just the East was so strong, and um, I think the Rangers just got a bit unlucky there. So finally, we have the North Division, um, where my predictions went Maple Leafs, Flames, Oilers, Canucks, Jets, Canadians, Senators. So I got one right here. I got the Maple Leafs topping out the division. I feel everyone kind of had a feeling that that was going to happen, though, that the Maple Leafs would actually claim that number one spot. Um, I had the Oilers in the playoffs as well. Um, I had them at third instead of second. I just thought goaltending in defense, but Darnell Nurse took a step up and their goaltending wasn't bad this season. And I guess goaltending really doesn't matter though when you have the top two point getters in the league and McDavid and Dreisaitl. Um, But McDavid just went into another year this season. Um, if you didn't see, he got 100 points. Uh, he had a four-point night and he is currently on 102 points. Um, with two games remaining. 
Now, I know I followed this a lot and talked about it a lot, but this is truly a historic season. Um, like, I know I've been emphasizing this, and everyone's like, oh, it's Connor McDavid, of course. But, like, this is just, like, insane. Like, it's he, like right now he's on pace for 155 points in an 82-game season. I'm sorry if you're getting tired of me saying this. This is just incredible. And if you're not appreciating this, it is a phenomenal season. He's on track for 155 points right now which would put him tied 14th all time with Stevie Eiserman for most points in a regular season. And although that's the rate he's playing at, if there was 82 games, I would watch out because he has hit a second gear right now and he's averaging like 2.5 points a game right now and is even doing better than when he started. Um, but yeah, just amazing season from Connor McDavid. Um what else can I say? I mean, he's he's gonna he's gonna win a bunch of trophies this offseason, and let's see what he can do in the playoffs. See if he can carry it over. But um, moving on in the North, uh, the Jets I had on the bubble. Um, they were my fifth seed. Uh, what a team they've been though, adding Dubois to their forward core, which is insane. Hellebuck, obviously, another great season. Um, now for the Canadians, who I placed at six, I was kind of iffy on them at the beginning of the year. I thought maybe. They could, but I didn't really have the confidence in them to make it um, a phenomenal start to the season, um, a bit declined, but they are in the playoffs. Um, I apologize to any Canadian fans that I uh, disrespected at the beginning of the season. They've actually been one of my favorite teams to watch this year, um, and I really like them, and I'll talk a little bit more about them when we get into their matchup. But um, the Flames disappointed me. I thought Mark Shum would be a huge help. Didn't really do much for them. Gaudreau and Monaghan couldn't get it going again. Bit disappointed, but not as bad as the Canucks, who were just a joke, really, and completely fell apart. And they're the reason the North is still playing the regular season after they missed something like 10 games because of their whole team getting COVID, um, a season they'd obviously like to write off. So that's kind of sort of how the regular season ended. Um, the West could still kind of um, shake up a bit, but... I, I think it's probably going to stay how it is. Um, but anyways, that wraps up the standings. So now we're going to move on to something that happens at the end of the season almost every year, and that's some coach firings. Now, we've had three coach firings um, kind of in the past week. The most recent actually just came up today, and that was the head coach of the New York Rangers, David Quinn, getting fired. Now, I'd read something that they were going to be reevaluating Quinn and looking. He's something they were going to kind of look at at the end of the season or going into the um, offseason for them. But they have made their decision. Now, this is just the third firing in the week for the New York Rangers with President John Davidson and GM Jeff Gorton also getting the boot and Chris Drury is going to take over as president and GM, but no replacement has been named yet for the Rangers as their head coach. Um, Quinn served as the Rangers head coach for the past two seasons with a record of 96, 87 and 25. Obviously last year they didn't make it through the playing round and did not make the playoffs this year either. Um, so he's gone and uh, Rick Tockett of the Arizona Coyotes was also fired after four seasons with the team and after the Coyotes missed out on the playoffs this year, his contract was expected to expire this year. And the team said that um, most coaches don't really last four years, which I guess maybe, but um, it was a mutual divide between the team. Um, they said they needed a new voice. Uh, Tockett went 125, 131, and 34 in his four years with Arizona. 
Um, obviously, his contract was expiring. They probably wouldn't have got him. It's kind of just a mutual um, leave between the both teams. And the final firing was the first of the bunch uh, this week, and that was John Tortorella of the Columbus Blue Jackets. This was one we all kind of saw coming and knew was going to happen, finishing dead last this year in the Central. And um, with new changes to the team, Line A coming in, it's no real surprise that they're shifting in a different direction. Uh, Tortorella has shown with the Blue Jackets that he can't hold on to those uh, star players with his coaching style. And there's also no market value really in Columbus. So like they're kind of in a hard situation to get those top tier players. If your coach has kind of a weird coaching style and your market isn't that huge, it's going to be hard to attract those uh, big names. Um, it's time to get someone who can attract that star talent and make them want to stay. Tortorella, a great coach. He coached for six seasons in Columbus. Columbus. He finished with a record of 277, 166, and 54. Uh, his 673 wins all time in 20 seasons of coaching, though, is the most all time by an American coach. There's no doubt that uh, Tortorella is a great coach and he's going to find another job. Um, it's just about finding that right fit um, and what team kind of needs that coach. So, moving into some positive and groundbreaking news on Monday, the Tampa Bay Lightning started an all black forward line against the Florida Panthers with Daniel Walcott making his NHL debut alongside line mates Jamel Smith and Matthew Joseph. Lightning coach John Cooper commented on it, saying that it was a very special moment and a step in the right direction, though he hopes that in the future this isn't made into such a storyline. But he understands the importance and significance right now, <clears throat> excuse me, as the NHL is kind of shifting into um, being accepting of everyone. I honestly thought that this was really cool. Um, and obviously all these players deserve it. Like they work their tails off every day and are in the league. Like these players are in the league for a reason. Like this wasn't just some obviously publicity stunt or some random thing like that. Like all these players deserve to be in the league. And I think that this was just very good. And obviously we do hope that this just becomes normalized and we can move on from it and just not make it as big of a storyline. And it just becomes common through the NHL to kind of have these diverse lines. Um, but the hope is that this will promote the game to various different cultures. And when we watch the game, we want to see everyone being included. And now transitioning over to a team I love to rip into. Yes, we are going to talk about the Buffalo Sabres again. Very disappointing season for them. But the big elephant in the room is what is going to happen with their captain, Jack Eichel. Now, Eichel had a press conference on Monday. He expresses his displeasure in his team and how the team has treated him since he's gotten his injury by keeping him out of the lineup. Eichel did not answer if he had requested a trade yet and said he just wants to play and help the organization while he's with the team. Eichel has just about completed the third year on his eight mil excuse me, eight-year, $10 million average per year contract, so five years left on that. Um, the problem will be just how much will a team have to give up to get Eichel? Um, it's clear the two aren't working, and I would expect it to require maybe two or three first-rounders and maybe uh, a, a prospect, like a, a grade-A prospect, a top-tier prospect or like an established first-line centerman to help them out. Right now, like the Red Wings, Kings, Devils, Rangers – are all places with prospects and capable of making this trade potentially happen, potential landing spots for Jack Eichel. I'm sure it'll be more evaluated over the summer. We'll hear more rumors. I'll talk more about it. Um, but yeah, that's just kind of where Eichel is uh, standing at. But enough with Eichel. We can look more into him later. But now it is time for 
the NHL playoffs. I am so hyped up. This is literally my favorite part of the year. Um, my favorite sport to watch in the playoffs is hockey. Um, the atmosphere intensifies. Everything gets way, way more intense. Um, it, it's just so fast paced and so much awkward. And like, it's, I just love, I just love, you can't tell, I love playoff hockey. It's my favorite thing. Um, so I kind of had this idea where I would record my next episode once the first round is over and I could give you guys my thoughts on how the first round went out and then my predictions for the second round. Um, so for this episode though, I can't tell you how the last round went because I just told you how the regular season went. I'm going to give you my predictions for every series um, matchup for players. I realized that the West obviously could still very change. I'm going to assume they are going to stay the same. So let's first start with the East where we have the number one Penguins taking on the number four New York Islanders. Now in the regular season, obviously this year it's much different. Normally teams don't play each other this much, but this season we kind of have a good idea of how the teams match up against each other, playing eight, nine, or 10 games against each other. Um, the Penguins went, uh, got six wins and the Islanders got two wins in the regular season. So the Penguins won that. The Penguins are eight and two in their last 10, where the Islanders are three, four, and three in their last 10. And really coming into the playoffs hot is one of the biggest things. And um, the thing I love about hockey is anything can happen in one hockey game. Like a bouncing puck could net you the game winner in no time. But really coming in hot is one of the biggest things you look forward to. And with the Penguins, that's exactly what they've done. Um, and the Islanders have kind of done the opposite, though they have lost Anders Lee. They added Palmieri, who honestly has kind of been a bit disappointing for the team in my expectations. Varlamov is the upside, one of the best goalies so far this season. Obviously a great defense. Um, but I just think the Penguins' addition of Jeff Carter has been great for them. Obviously, they'll be hopefully getting back Evgeny Malkin, and we'll see kind of have their line shift. They've been on fire. Um, I like the Penguins in this. I actually like the Penguins in five. I think the Islanders will nab one, but I think the Penguins are going to dominate this series. Next, we move on to the number two Capitals taking on the number three Bruins. Now, in the regular season, these teams split four and four in eight games. The Caps are currently seven, two and one in their last 10, and the Bruins are six, three and one in their last 10. Um, Capitals added Anthony Mantha, who has been great for them, eight points in 14 games. Uh, Caps obviously have many veterans and some great experience. Obviously they won the cup just a couple years ago. Um, and they, they know how to win the cup. Uh, Bruins are the same though. Bruins have veterans. Um, they haven't won the cup since back in 2011. Uh, their addition of Taylor Hall has been amazing um, with the Bruins. He has 14 points in 16 games. Um, he's really bolstered that second line um, with David Krejci, who's looked much better now having a capable winger, by his side and obviously with the first line, which is always amazing. The biggest problem I think, so as far as offense and defense, I think these teams are relatively close, but the biggest problem comes in net. Now, Tuka Rask obviously sat out last year because he didn't like the playoff atmosphere or some random thing like that. Rask is on and off. It's all about, he's coming off injury. We'll see what he can do. Um, but the big question for the Capitals is, their rookie goaltenders. Now, obviously, Ilya Samsonov is most likely to be the starter for this Capitals, but if he can't get it done, then they're, they're going to look back at Vanacek and see if he can take over. Um, going in with a rookie goaltender is hard. The St. Louis Blues did it back in 2019 um, with Jordan Bennington, so it's not impossible, but it is questionable, especially when you have two rookies. Like, they had Jake Allen as their backup, a good veteran, 
They have two rookie goaltenders. I'm not sure how that's really going to work. Um, I like the Bruins better in this. I'm going with the Bruins in six games. So next we move on to the North Division where we have the number one Maple Leafs take on the number four Canadians. Um, the Maple Leafs won the regular season battle with seven wins and the Canadians getting three. The Leafs are seven, one, and two in their last 10 where the Canadians are four, five, and one. Um, the Leafs have been one of the best teams uh, led by Austin Matthews, who's been phenomenal, and Mitch Marner right by his side. Uh, Jack Campbell is probably going to be their starter. Uh, he's kind of taken over the duties. Freddie Anderson's been out. Who knows what's going to happen with him? But I think Jack Campbell will take the starting job. Um, they have a very good core and have dominated the North this season. I love the Canadians, though. And, like, I, I don't know why, but just for some reason, I have such a, like, I, like, I feel really good about the Canadians. Um, their offensive core and defensive core just seems, like, very solid. Like I always say, a hot goaltender is what you need going into playoffs. Carey Price is not that right now, but if he catches fire, Carey Price, like, I don't, I don't think you guys, if you guys don't know, like, in hockey, like, any goaltender can just become hot out of nowhere just with, like, a couple of amazing saves, and then they just become unstoppable. Like, you don't really see that much in other sports where, like, like you, like, a goaltender can become hot just like that, like, in a snap, just in one game. And Carey Price with his veteranship and, like, so much experience, like, if he becomes hot, like, he will become unstoppable, which is why I like the Canadians. Um, however... I am going to say they haven't done it since back in 2004 where they last won their playoff series. And if there is a team that could do it, I think that the, this team can. The Maple Leafs, I believe, are going to win in seven against the Montreal Canadiens, winning their first playoff series since 2004 and taking a step to winning a cup in such a long time. I think, 60 is it 67? I believe 1967 was the last time the Leafs um, won a Stanley Cup. In 2004, last time they won a playoff series, I think they'll do it. I'm saying seven games because I think this is going to be a tight race. I like the Canadians. I think the Leafs are going to do it. I That's going to be one of my favorite. Obviously, original six teams there, too, I forgot to mention. Phenomenal. Haven't seen that in a while. Um, I think that's going to be one of the better series to take a look into. Next is the number two Oilers taking on the number three Jets. Oilers won this series seven to two in the regular season. Oilers are seven three in their last ten, where the Jets are two and eight in their um, in their last ten. Oilers obviously have McDavid, but can he continue it into the playoffs? Yes, he's going to. Like McDavid is in another gear. He's a different player this year. Like I don't. He's just going to take over. Obviously, they also have Drysaddle, Mike Smith. I looked into his stats. I haven't really been talking about how good he's actually been in that he's 26 and two on the season has a 0.924 save percentage and 2.24 goals against like, that's a very solid season. Um, Jets have an insane offensive core, which could probably maybe equal the Oilers, but the defensemen just hurt them. Like I, the Jets needed to make a move for a top D man. Um, and they just didn't, they got a depth defenseman. Um, I don't think they're going to keep up with the Oilers. I almost wanted to, like, I don't think I called a sweep for any other game uh, series. I almost wanted to call a sweep for this series. I think McDavid will just take over. However, I do think the Jets will nab one game, so I'm going to go Oilers in five. Next, we have the Central, where the number one Canes versus the number one Predators, or excuse me, number four Predators. Number one Hurricanes taking on the number four ranked Predators in the Central. The Hurricanes won this series uh, with six wins, and the Predators got two. 
Um, the Hurricanes are five, two, and three in their last 10, whereas the Predators are seven, two, and one. Um, the Hurricanes question comes in goal, but probably going to be Mrazek. Only got eight games this season, I believe. Um, so he's really going to need to get going. Sebastian Ajo and Andrei Shvechnikov, both young, both amazing, both talented. I think they're really going to help. Dougie Hamilton, one of the best defensemen in the league this season. I love Dougie Hamilton. Um, obviously, uh, Rod Brindamore, probably potential to win the Jack Adams this season, an amazing coach, and has really turned this Hurricanes team around. The Preds do have UC Saros, um, who's been heating up and had a great season. Obviously, Phil Forsberg did not move, looks to be in their future plans, is had quite a good season, but just not enough. Now, originally, I said Hurricanes in six. Um, I'm almost wanting, like, I said that because their last 10 haven't been so good, and the Predators have. I almost want to go Hurricanes in five, but I'm going to stick with my guns and go Hurricanes in six. So next, we have the number two Panthers taking on the number three Lightning. The Panthers um, took this regular season battle, winning five, and the Lightning taking three. The Panthers are four, are eight and two in their last ten, and Lightning are six, three, and one. Now, obviously, the Panthers had Aaron Eckblad, who they lost. Uh, Mackenzie Weger has taken a big step this year for the Florida Panthers, and obviously Huberdeau and Barkov on that first line have been on fire. Nikita Kucherov could return for this playoff season, um, which would be a huge addition. Still hasn't come back. Waiting till he's hundred percent. Vasilevsky has been great, a potential Vesna's winning season. And uh, they added David Sabard, who really just deepens uh, their defensive core. Um, I actually, I like the Panthers in this. Um, and I, I thought that maybe when I was first looking at it, I'm like, oh, the Lightning are just going to take this, no problem. I'm going to go Lightning in a close one in seven games. So finally, we have the West, who will be most likely decided tonight, but I'm going to assume it won't change. So we have the number one Golden Knights against the number four Blues. Uh, they split 4-4 in the season. Um, Golden Knights are seven and three in their last ten. Blues are six one and three. Golden Knights expected were expected to be here. Um, they're going to start flurry. Um, Robin Lehner really hasn't played that much. Uh, we'll get more into him when we go and look at my uh, preseason award predictions. Um, we're just not going to talk about where uh, that I put Lehner as to be the top goalie in the league this season. Anyways, um, Flurry's had an amazing season, top three goalie in the league. Um, overall, they have great depth and a great core. Um, Blues have been questionable. Bennington's been, like, okay, kind of. Ryan O'Reilly's been doing his thing. David Perron's been great this season. Um, I don't think the Blues have at all what it takes to cut it for the Golden Knights. And I actually did predict one. I'm predicting a sweep. Golden Knights in four. So final matchup we have is the number two abs taking on the number three wild. So the avalanche are five, won the uh, regular season uh, series with five wins and the wild got three. The abs are six and four in their last 10 where the wild are seven, one and two. Um, the avalanche have one of the best first lines and potentially one of the best second lines. Uh, Grubauer has been lights out this season, really taking that jump up. Um, they obviously also have Cam McCarr. Like the, the Avalanche are just stacked with talent, um, and they can just turn it on. Um, the Wild have been a shock this season. Obviously, Kirill Kaprizov being amazing, but also remember in net they do have a rookie netminder um, in Kapokakinen. Um, How will this team translate into the playoffs? I think they'll do pretty good, but I'm gonna still take the Avalanche and take them in six games.
So those are my predictions for the upcoming playoff matchups. Now to give you what is most likely your final leaders of each year, of the year for each category. So leading all rookies in points will be Kirill Kaprizov with 51. Um, he obviously has the potential to add on to that. Leading the league in points and assists will be Connor McDavid, who can also add on to that with 69 assists and 102 points. Also, just to let you know that uh, McDavid has equal to or more assists than any other player in the league has points besides Dreisaitl. That's insane. He also has 102 points, which leads the league by a tremendous amount. Uh, but not to discredit Dreisaitl, who has 81 points, leading the league in goals and winning. The Rocket Richard for the first ever time is Austin Matthews. He has 40 goals. Adam Fox still leads all defensemen with 47 points, but Tyson Berry of the Oilers is behind by one and has two games left, so that could change your tie. And finally, goalie stats, we have Jeremy Swayman of the Bruins leads in goals against with 1.5 and save percentage with 0.945. Varlamov leads in shutouts with seven, but Grubauer has two games left and has six shutouts, so he could tie or even leap ahead of him. And Vasilevsky leads in wins with 31 but once again, Grubauer is behind with 29, just two. If he wins both games and plays both games, then he could tie Vasilevsky. So that is going to do it for this week's episode. Thank you all so much for listening in. As we've kind of recapped the final-ish standings, look into the playoff matchups starting on Saturday. Like I said, I probably will not be recording another episode until the conclusion of round one, unless something funky or crazy goes down. But either way, make sure to follow me here on Spotify so you know when the next one is up. And I'll catch you all next time for another episode of Top Shelf.